She is a 38-year-old, happily child-free medical laboratory scientist and the newest moderator of the infamous Facebook page, I Regret Having Children. I found her through her very interesting work of facilitating and sharing the events of distressed, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, and angry parents. Join us as we discuss what it is like to moderate this page, and we also talk about abortion. Firecrackers, please welcome Temple Aura. Welcome to the Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Nina, you were just telling me that you work night shifts, and I was just telling you how much I dreaded that when I was in school. So I wanted to ask you about your job. You told me you work at a lab laboratory. Yes. Um, I'm a medical laboratory scientist, and basically all the tests that the doctor or, you know, your physician or your clinic orders on a person who comes in, it's like a hospital um, we're the ones who do that work. So we're the science portion of medicine. We're that part of the team. Um, I went to school and I got a biology degree, but you can just get a major in medical laboratory science. And um, it's a certified field. It requires um, certification and you have to keep it up. And we have different um, areas. We do blood banking. So like all the transfusion stuff and the blood tests and matching blood to people. Um, there's hematology, um, urinalysis, uh, um, microbiology, chemistry. Um, it's a really interesting field, um, very like precision and data-driven. We use a lot of instrumentation and I, I love it. I love it a lot. Um, it's like, I don't know, just doing experiments and just playing all day in, in urine and blood and body fluids <laughs> i don't know looking under microscopes i'm i, I i'm i absolutely adore the field and the work and um it's good for introverts um because it's like you know we don't actually ever see patients we might talk to doctors and nurses on the phone but mostly i just work with the same group of people every day and we just come in and sit at our little cubicles and like do our little science work and yeah i do that overnight so we're doing all the covid tests right now um, there's a lot of those that come through that they're being ordered on basically everyone who comes in the hospital. So that's taking up a lot of our time and attention. It's really busy. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine, you know, I was going to say there's two, well, two things, um, uh, before we go into the COVID thing. Um, the first one is how fun that sounds like a lot of fun to play mm -hmm. around with all these machines and not so much a body fluids, but <laughs> <laughs> the machines at least. I remember when I was in school, this is the second thing I wanted to tell you. Um, I loved chemistry. I loved it. Um, but I remember thinking I can't, I don't think I can ever like do this as a job because for me, it was like, do I have to like know about physics as well? Like I hate physics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just, but I mean, I could have, if I could have gone into like any field that would have entailed laboratory work I would have mm -hmm. definitely like done it yeah how did that like have you always loved science was it like that since you were a kid 
I loved it so much. And um, my parents, my dad is an immigrant, so he's first generation American. And I feel like the culture there is, you know, really pushing really hard children to really like exceed, succeed and do that whole American dream thing and, you know, get their education and have careers and stuff. So my dad was giving me books about neuroscience when I was like six years old and wow. he was determined that I was <laughs> going to be a doctor. And that was actually first the intention, but I got tired of school after doing my undergrad. And so just found out about, um, this field, like that was, it was just told to me, it was like, you know, you can get into this, you're a digital biology degree, you just have to do like a couple more years, instead of like, you know, all that stuff you gotta do for medicine, four years and like your residency. And, um, and yeah, I remember when I was in, in college too, like I loved science so much, cause it's just so pure, you know, it's like, it's not political, it's not like even literature, there's like an art to all that where it's objective and it's like, does your teacher like your writing based on who they are and their opinions? It's like, you know, there's like clear answers and it, it explains nature in like a broken down way. And I used to write poetry in the margins of like my chemistry books. I thought it was so beautiful. And even like physics, people like a lot of people love physics a lot, but it was really difficult for me. So I think I had to take one of those classes like three times in order to get the grade I needed to um it was it was difficult but you know after a while you know it's it's just facts so you learn it and you have your references in the lab and we have big cookbooks of how to do the experiments and manuals so not always necessarily having to rely too much on your memorization but um but you do learn a lot you know um and memorize a lot over over time but yeah it's just just clean work like farming or something good clean like simple type of work to do. <laughs> I love that. And I also love, you know, what you mentioned, because it is something that I really loved about science as well when I was in school is how black and white it is. It's like, mm -hmm. either it's a yes or a no, or right. It's a right or a wrong. It's Positive just, or negative. Exactly. What's the value? It's numbers. <laughs> it's mathematics. Yeah, exactly. So there's no, um, there's no subjectiveness to it. There's yeah. no, I think, you know, so-and-so about something. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, being subjective about something, we know that it's been really hard for the states um, to get onto the whole COVID thing because some people think it's not a thing. Some people think that mm -hmm. it's not, not real. Some people don't want to even wear their face mask because they think that that's, that goes against their civil rights or something. Um, mm -hmm. So I just wanted to ask your perspective as a scientist and what you've seen so far yeah once it leaves the lab you can make anything complicated so the simple part is i we just do the test we can tell you whether you have it or not um but then once that gets out into like how you create policy and run a nation it gets complicated because now people are looking at okay well how many people are sick should we really have to shut everything down and we can't really speak to that because then it does become subjective like what's more important the economy or, you know, like, you know, like all we do is we can tell you if you have it or not, and we can tell you how many people have it, you know, yeah. and then, and then other people make decisions and, and start fighting about, is it, is it worse than the flu, this or that? So you can talk to people and their experience of it, it's a painful disease, you know, but then even that varies from person to person, like how bad they get it. Yeah. Um, so, so even in the lab, actually, there's a lot of dissension. 
there are people in the lab who who do the test who believe that the response to it is overblown they they don't believe it's more significant than other flu seasons and then there are people in the lab who are like they they have on the the face mask and then also like that the shield like they come in looking like um terminator every day and <laughs> the policies change from day to day there's yelling and you know don't send it to us through the pneumatic tube system you need to walk every specimen here i don't want to get sick you know i don't want to do the testing i'm scared so yeah no it's the only simple part is whether or not a test is positive or negative and the rest of it is up to each person's way of viewing it and their opinion yeah yeah that's that's so true yeah i hadn't actually thought of that i mean yes uh i just feel that even with the government and like officials and even scientists having the hard science having the statistics having the results even with that scientific proof they still think it's not a big deal yeah Because some people have strong immune systems and they, they're not afraid of it at all. In the lab, they don't, they're doing the test. We, we've had 200 positive patients in our hospital and they're just not afraid of catching it. And even we've had five nurses get it. None of them have had to go on that um, in intubator or incub whatever, that thing, that breathing machine. Mm -hmm. Ventilator. They've had the ventilator. Yeah, they've had mild cases at our hospital. So, so it's, it's still just... Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just do the tests. <laughs> <laughs> simple, the simple part. Yeah. Right. And and you also, so you are a scientist who works at, at a lab, um, but you also moonlight as a moderator in a yes. Facebook group. And that's where I found you. Um, it's a Facebook page. Um, it feels like a group and it's called I Regret Having Children. And I found that, group so interesting because most of the responses that I saw to people's stories, which they submit anonymously, right, mm -hmm. were so supportive. It's like people giving others support and I didn't see a lot of bashing. You know, I didn't see a lot of, I didn't see any, I think, any criticism or people telling our people that they're wrong because, you know, they, because they have kids and they shoot not ever regret having kids so i wanted to ask you about how you got in that group and how your experience what your experience has been there in that group yes so i was pregnant in 2012 and i didn't want to have the child i knew then that i wanted to be child free but i was in a long-term relationship where we got careless with birth control and i got pregnant accidentally And um, I feel like the, um, the way people feel when you get pregnant is like, oh, you need to like have the child, you know, um, I, that's what I feel like a lot of people think. And so, you know, definitely when I spoke to my significant other about it, he wanted to have it. And um, I talked to my mother about it and she definitely wanted me to have it. And they were saying things to me like, you, yeah, you never wanted to have kids, but you'll feel different once it's yours. And they were even using really strong words with me. Like they were saying things like, you know, you wouldn't kill your child, would you? Or you won't kill my baby. Um, and I was just like, you know, are they, is my mother and my significant other right? Is it true that if I have a child, 
I will change how I've always felt about having a child because it will be my child. Um, and so I just felt like they were not objective. And so I went on the internet to see if anyone else in my shoes had ever had this experience and what they found. And that is when I discovered the child-free communities and also the regretful parenting communities. I was looking for terms like, um, I hate my child. Um, I wish I didn't have kids just to, you know, to counteract what my mom said, which is like, oh, it's impossible. Cause there's, there is like a belief that like a mother, a mother's love is like guaranteed. There's like this overwhelming in love feeling you have when you have this baby and that baby becomes your world. Like it almost changes you as a person. And there were people who were brave enough and thoughtful enough and I'm so grateful for them to go on and to write their story and share it with the whole world. I first found all these stories, a lot of them in, in this, there was this page called Experience Project. And there was a lot of people who wrote in this one group called I Hate My Child, I Hate My Son. And they told the whole story like, yeah, like I thought it'd be a good idea to have a kid, but this child is like ruining my health and my sanity. And I just like, I feel like a shell of a person. A lot of people talked about how parenting had destroyed them. And I found there was a lot of this. And then I found that um, it's taboo to say. And so that's why you don't hear it. And you have to specifically like think to look for it and then you'll find it, you know? And most people never think to look for this. And so that was enough evidence. So, you know, for me to uh, make the decision to not continue my pregnancy, and also there are a lot of people who are against abortion who try to put out the thought that um, if you have an abortion, you're gonna regret it, you're gonna be sad for the rest of your life, it's gonna like destroy you psychologically, mentally, and emotionally. And some brave women have put out the story, the counter story. No, I had an abortion, I felt immediate relief, I have never regretted it. I'm so grateful to myself for being so strong, even though this is a pervasive lie. Um, that is in our society for whatever reason. This, the society we have to, some people don't realize it's pronatalist. For whatever reason, people want you to have kids. They want you to think that it's this Disney World experience. And so for me to discover that there were people showing the other side of the, the coin was very powerful. And yeah, so I did terminate the pregnancy even though no one supported me in that. And I felt immediate relief. I have never regretted it. I don't out to, to eight years later think, oh, I would have an eight-year-old child right now. Nothing like that. I'm so grateful for my life. I felt very empowered. Um, there was a comment that some woman wrote on our page recently. She said when she had her abortion, it was the most feminine she ever felt because she was able to own her femininity. You know, we're not just like wild trees in the forest that bear fruit and cannot pluck ourselves you know um it's you know you, having a child is a tremendous um investment of your finances of your energy um that it's like the heaviest thing you can ever do and to just do it willy-nilly like just to fall into parenthood when you never wanted it when you don't think you'd be good at it like can be very detrimental to a person. So um, I, I stayed with these groups um, and continued to read the stories. And um, it's, you know, people reject, people hate the fact that there are people who write these stories. Whenever I share it on my page, people laugh, react. Um, I don't get likes for it. I don't get loves for it. Um, people think that we're mentally ill. 
that people who regret having parenthood are mentally ill, they, they pity them. They're like, oh, are you saying that you hate your life? You know, it's a very brave thing to admit this, that this is your experience. I'm so grateful for these people for doing it because I can't even relate 100% because I didn't do it. They stopped me. They helped me to make another decision. And I want to support other women and like, you know, take that control of your life and your destiny and your future. And if you accidentally get pregnant, have an abortion. <laughs> like, there's no shame in that. Like, you know, if you have to, if it comes to that, you know, and it does sometimes. There are people who, you know, get pregnant and don't find out that they're pregnant until they're having the baby. That happens sometimes. I so sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So some people miss that day after pill window. Some people, you know, figure it out at four weeks. At four weeks, your only option is abortion, medical abortion, such, you know, unless or have a baby, you know, but you don't have to have a baby. You have to, I think, like 12 weeks in America to really change your whole life. It's your life. You get one life. So, yes, that's how I came up, came about knowing about these communities. There are a bunch of pages scattered on many websites. Um, I love the one on Facebook. I followed it for many years. It was um, started by a woman named Zephyr. And um, I had just noticed that this, like, the page went stagnant or dormant like two years ago. And I sent a message to its inbox. I was like, do you guys need help? Because it's a lot of work to monitor the page. And I could just you know, imagine that a person could get busy with their own personal life. And she didn't respond to me until like three months ago. And she was like, yeah, if you want to help, like, still. And um, I said, yes, I'll definitely. Like, I think this is important work. I think it's important work. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll donate my time and my energy to helping you. So at this point, mostly, like, um, when people send things to the inbox, like, I'll post them. I'll edit it sometimes, and I'll post it. And um, there's, like, uh, there's, like, two other admins, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but I noticed that other people are pretty, the other admins are pretty active in moderating comments. By the time I get to comments, there's usually like a bunch of stuff that's already been deleted or hidden. Um, but I, you know, sometimes if I catch a comment that goes against our community guidelines, like I'll delete or hide that too. Um, so oh, at so least three of us, but maybe two of us are working on it right now. So there are comments that, because all I saw were like really positive, not not like not even just everything was positive, but like some people were just like asking genuine questions, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any vitriol in that on that page. It's just because you guys completely erased that. Yes, that's intentional because there is a a very big backlash when you go to have an abortion. There are people who show up just to tell you not to and have signs and yell at you speakerphones from across the parking lot and so yes even it's even easier for them to do that on a like we intentionally have that page public so anyone can comment and yeah people come and say horrible things um they're you know you should have never had this kid yeah she probably shouldn't have because she doesn't like it and it destroyed her life you know but we delete stuff like that because i don't want people who share their stories to be abused for doing it you know like there's that saying no good deed goes unpunished we don't want yeah. that to because then it'll discourage other people from sharing a very vulnerable thing they're very emotional about and some of these people are very emotional yeah you know absolutely yeah. and i think what you said you, you said you know there's something really powerful about it and i completely agree when i was reading those stories it wasn't i don't remember what 
led me to look for that page. I think it's because we get bingoed as child-free people. Like, are you going to regret not having kids? And at some point I was like, mm, I need to look for like parents who regret, you know, having children because I'm sure there are, right? I hadn't actually gone down that rabbit hole. And, and then I found that page. I think that was it. And I didn't feel relief when I was reading those stories, to be honest. I felt not relief for me or my life, right? I felt more compassion for women because I know that many of these women or people in general, before they had kids, they didn't even know that they had a choice. Mm -hmm. And so people, like you said, they kind of like mindlessly go having children because that's the next step. That's what we need to do. You know, that's what society uh, expects from us. They don't realize that they don't want to have a child. Well, they just don't, right? They can either, you know, undergo um, an elective surgery, like I did, for example, if it's possible for them, uh, or an abortion, like you did. Abortion is healthcare. Um, or they could maybe for, for whatever reason, they end up, the woman ends up finding out she's pregnant way into her pregnancy. She can put up the, the child in adoption. There's like so many options, right? Um, yeah. If you don't want to parent a child. Um, so for me, it was more, it was like the compassion, like having, reading these stories for me was like, wow, uh, how many times we get hit with that? You're going to regret not having kids, but nobody tells any parent. Mm -hmm. ever you will regret having a child ever right yeah and it's not something you would wish on someone either (laughs) no and it's easier to have a child than it is if than it is to not have a child unless you're asexual you know yeah um because it it's like it's like a seed falling on the earth if you're having sex unless you're preventing it like chances are you know yeah and and the thing is that the people who are who call themselves pro-life which is quote unquote pro-life for me they're more like anti anti anti-abortion it's not the same thing they say like things like oh uh i don't even condone abortion even if it's if if it's rape which i think it's complete like it's so violent towards any person who has to suffer a rape you know Mm um having to having to carry a child from somebody who you know treated you with such violence and then giving birth to that child even though you don't want to that's just that that's just not human yeah and people don't even consider if they would be good at having a child every other job you know people consider like what their propensity is does this match my skill set um, I have no idea how parents do all the things. It, it is all I can do to work a full-time job, take care of my health, take care of my house. There are other things that I would love to do, but, you know, like, I just don't have the resources energetically and to, like, have a dog. I would love to have a dog, but I'm not going to have a dog if it's unfair to the dog. If I don't believe that, you know, my house is set up for him to be able to have like a, a large run and I can walk it every day and I'm not going to, you know, so, so, th- so that's the other thing too, like that the mindless, um, like procreation that goes on causes the child to suffer. And it also causes the parent to suffer and people don't think about the parent suffering, but we see lots of stories about neglect children that are neglected people that are abused emotionally, physically, sexually, 
And a lot of times people could, if they were honest with themselves or if someone was honest with them, someone could have been like, yeah, you shouldn't have kids. Like you have anger problems. Um, you don't even like people. You don't want to live with people. Um, yeah. You know, your health is terrible. How are you going to take care of somebody else's health? You know, like there's, there's certain people. And then one of the things that, though, you know, it was hard to share publicly was uh, while I was pregnant, I found out that the, the person who would have been my child's father was a pedophile. And wow. so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there have been other women that realize it too. Like, you know, this person is sexually attracted to children and still because they didn't believe in having an abortion or couldn't go through with it or didn't realize the option, they still gave that person a, you know, a child and then probably watched that person go on to sexually abuse the child. So, you know, if we were honest with people, there's a lot of people that we know should not have kids, you know? Absolutely. So it's really, it's really interesting what you said, you know, that, you know, it's like, like a job, like sort of, you need to know if you have the skills for a job. Mm -hmm. I know how people say that parenting is the most important job in the world. Mm -hmm. If it is the most important job in the world, then certainly not everybody should be doing right. it. Right. Right. They say it's the hardest job in the world, but everyone, everyone can do it. People who are crack addicted and homeless have kids, pop them out, tons of them, you know? And, and then like, and like, and then like the, the results that we get from that, you could, you could completely have predicted it, you know, gener generations of, you know, poverty. And um, I've been watching a lot of paternity court for some reason lately. And, you know, a lot of children who, I saw a story today, this young man, his father abandoned him. His mother wasn't really prepared to have a child. He, he's um, living in America in this century and he doesn't know how to read or write. And he was wow. like, yes, because I didn't have any parents. I was like, you don't know how to read? Like stuff like that still goes on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It breaks my heart, to be honest. Yeah. It breaks my heart that the people who are so anti-abortion don't care about the child after the child is born. Because yeah. if they did, they, I mean, they would be fighting against pedophiles. They would be fighting against people who abuse children in any other way. They would be fighting against uh, ch children not going to school and getting proper education. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that are wrong with every single system in the world. I'm not talking only about America. I'm talking about every single country in the world. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and they still, and they don't do it. It's so, <laughs> it's yeah. so bizarre. And, and I, that point that you made is important too. Um, a lot of times Americans we have, we're very American centric. And um, a lot of the people who post to our page are not from America. Um, probably even most. Um, really? That's interesting. Yeah. And, and the advice that is often, that is given to them is from an American point of view. So they'll say stuff like, put the child up for adoption or, you know, have an abortion. And see, since I see who sent the story, but, you know, but I can't say anything because it's anonymous. I'm like, oh, that's not going to help them. <laughs> like, I don't even think they have that kind of system set up in that country, you know, mm -hmm. where you can adopt it. Or um, I don't even know the different rules for stuff like um, abortion in different countries or, but I know it's not, it's not the same, you know, and sometimes they, they don't have that access. Like they don't have that ability. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Which countries in general have you seen people writing from? Oh, it's so interesting. So um, we've got, we get like um, Africa and different Asian countries, um, Eastern Europe, 
uh, Western Europe, um, Central America, South America, all over, all over. Wow. Yeah. And so sometimes like when I edit, it's for clarity because there will be a strong accent. But then that too removes people's awareness because then I'm, it comes out in my American accent. Mm -hmm. So that's a debate with myself too. Like sometimes like, should I just leave it? Because that takes a lot of clues too. Like maybe what level of formal education this person has had, you know, when I edit it and yeah. fix, make the punctuation perfect, you know. That's really interesting because if you, like you met, so the, the, the areas, the regions that you mentioned first, so Africa, Asia, and Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. I guess those are like three of the regions and, and of course, South and Central America. Uh, those are regions that are still very like traditional based. Yeah, everything's like the the nuclear family, mom and dad and kids. Like that's where it's still very very important for people to like keep up. I think, I mean, I think Western Europe and the states and Canada. There's, I think it's a little bit more liberal in that sense. Like people are more mm -hmm. like, yeah, you do your family your way. You know, I mean, there there's still people who completely criticize that. Absolutely. But it actually, it, it's, um, it's very interesting. I mean, it, it caught my attention because it is in these countries because it is, I mean, whether it is because of the culture or the religion, people feel that if they don't have children, it's like they're not fulfilling, mm -hmm. you know, their whatever purpose they had for this life, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's sad because yes, it's cultural, but like I mentioned before, it's, I, it's like people don't know that they have a choice. Or if yeah. they do, they don't want to not choose having children because they're afraid of the backlash and what people are going to tell them. And but I I feel for the kids because having a parent who who's not, I mean, having a parent who regrets having you, uh, and and I know that even though they try, they can try to do their best, you know, with this this children that they that they have. Um, if they don't, if they regret it. I, I guess there's some way that the kids gonna feel it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I, I feel really bad for the children, to be honest. Yeah, me too. You're listening to the Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories, and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Circling back to one of the comments that you made earlier in our interview regarding your father. So he, he, he was born in the States, so he was an immigrant. He immigrated. Um, he was born in Panama, and he immigrated to the States when he was eight years old. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was very young. So because Panama, so we're talking about, you know, uh, traditional kind of uh, cultures, um, so I'm guessing at least from that side, I'm not sure about your mom, but it kind of feels like she's more or less on the same boat because of the comments that you mentioned she told you when you were pregnant. They wanted to be grandparents, or they wanted you to be a mom. Was that mm -hmm. the case? It was. Um, my Then they're also Christian, so there's that belief system of, you know, be fruitful and multiply um they believe that abortion is murder um yes and i think that my mother's my mother became pregnant when she was 19 my parents have been together since they were 19 and 20 and my father wanted to have a child to show his father before his father died 
like to carry on the name. So even that, like, those are things that we can question, like, what are we really doing? Like, why are we having kids? Like to carry on a name, to keep your genetics on the earth. Like it's, that stuff is weird to me when I think about it a lot, you know, cause I think both of my parents would have done better if they hadn't had kids, but I do feel like they did give us a lot. I feel like they did too much for us and it destroyed their health, to be honest. Um, yeah, my dad worked constantly. My dad worked like seven days a week all day in order to support a family of six. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So you have five, you have five siblings or four siblings? Four siblings. Mm-hmm. So my okay. mom and my dad and then three brothers. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you're the only girl? Only girl. <laughs> and how was it when you, did you tell them at some point outright told them you didn't want to have children? Yes. And my, my mom, I love my mom so much. Um, never really fought with me too much about it she she expressed like disappointment once she was like you don't want to have kids like she didn't understand it because she's kind of like a very traditional and conservative person and I was like yeah no I don't (laughs) and Mm -hmm. she was like okay like she's she doesn't bother me about that at all but I do feel you know a little misunderstood and and things like that. But I mean, I've watched my brother struggle with having a lot of kids and I'm like, I definitely wouldn't want that life for myself. So. So you're an auntie. I am. You I get like the to... benefit of, you know, being with kids whenever you want and just handing them over to their dads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to deal with this kid anymore. Yeah. I feel that that's like having the best of two worlds. If you like kids, because I know that there are people who genuinely don't like kids. But if you do. Yeah. yeah. It's a really nice role to play. Tell this auntie, because then you do have like more resources and you you can make yourself available to help if that's something that you do want to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to ask you about your um, experience with, the abortion because you're so vocal about it and I feel that I mean I feel that more women should be like you said there's no shame on mm-hmm. going you know on getting an abortion if you don't want to have a child if you don't have the means to support that child whether it's financial or emotional or just you know anything um, how was that experience for you was it something that that was uh, painful was it how was it well, well, now I've actually had to. Um, and so, and I saw someone else commenting about this on the page too. Um, if you have a choice between the medical abortion, which is non-surgical abortion, it's the abortion pill. And then there's also the suction one, which is the vacuum. Um, the commenter on our page said, do the vacuum. And I agree with her. That's what I did the first time. Um, you get very light anesthetic and it, it's almost like, you know, you close your eyes and you wake up and the whole thing is over. And it's like, yeah, it's just done. It's really clean. It's really easy and simple. Um, and, um, but then with the, um, the abortion pill, um, that one, I had to do that one the second time because I didn't have anyone to drive me home and you can't um, get the vac- vacuum one if you don't have a driver to drive you home afterward. Because you do it at home, um, you take a pill in the office, and then you have like 48 hours to take the second pill. And then the day you take the second pill is when you're going to pass the contents of the pregnancy from your uterus 
Um, and that one is like, oh, they give you like a prescription for a pain medication and an anti-nausea medication. And you are going to need those because it can be very painful. Like one person said, it's like having contractions. Um, the pain was, it was, it, I, I almost took myself to a hospital. Like I, I was, thank God they have a 24 hour wow. phone line. And I had to call this woman. I was scared. It was, oh my gosh, I threw up. I, I felt like it was a dark night of the soul. Like <laughs> there was a six hour period of that. That was like basically suffering. Um, <laughs> but then afterward, like you start feeling better every day afterward. And um, I'm really in touch with my body. So the second time, I think I knew I was pregnant the second, like ap right after we had sex. And um, right after I missed my period, so at four weeks, like I started having pain all in my body. Like I felt very pregnant from the very beginning, but you can't even get the medical abortion until you're six weeks. So I had to be pregnant for like two weeks. And I basically just slept all day because like I was in pain all the time. Like my breasts were already like swelling. They were sore all the time. And my nipples were like really sore. It was, it was very painful. And then the, then the actual pill was, um, quite the painful experience as well too um in hindsight you know you you can get through it it won't you won't die it's really safe it's really effective but yeah like like I never throw up and I threw up twice and it's like tremendous pain and I was taking like ibuprofen and like their prescription which I think they gave me like tramadol um, and then it was wow. weird to pass something through, like to pass the clots, because they're like, um, they're like, you're gonna pass the pregnancy. They were like, don't poke around and look in it. They're like, you can if you want to, but you don't have to. And I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna try to look in that. Like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> not even right. my scientific side is that curious. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to see anything. Like, yeah, no. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have heard about the um, the one that you mentioned that was painful, the one with the pill, mm -hmm. that it gives women like really horrible cramps. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've most of the women I've spoken to about abortion have told me, you know what, it's just it's over in a blink of an eye. Yeah, um, in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, and they and they they don't regret it at all. For no, whatever, whatever reason they do it. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is that most women who get abortions in the States, I was reading this statistic, uh, I don't remember where I read it, but most women who get abortions in the States are already mothers. Yes. Yep. And they don't like additional children for whatever reason. So it's not only child-free people who are like, oh my God, I need to do this because I don't want to have a child. Or it's also women who don't want to have more kids. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Were, so were there any pro people protesting outside where you went to the clinic? Yes. And I didn't expect that because the first time they said there could be, both times I went to Planned Parenthood, um, the first time no one was there and that was in Chicago. The second time they were like, no, this is a site where they set up and they're there a lot. And they were there and it was I didn't appreciate that at all. Like I'm a pretty like strong person, a confident person. But it was, it's, it's very insulting. Like they have lawn chairs and they're just like sitting and staring at you. Um, they're shaming you. Um, and yeah, and they're like yelling at you and, they, and like speaking directly to you. 
um and you know you don't have to do this it's so it's it's it was it annoyed me a lot and um they actually advised us before we came in they were like don't engage don't say anything back to them because part of me you know you're you're at a very like emotional time even the fact that you have to spend five hundred dollars to do this because you made a mistake that that's a hit too that's an unexpected bill you know and and it's going to come between you and whoever your partner is that's a that's like kind of like a very difficult thing to have to go through with a person that you're dating too like um and then you've got these people harassing you and you know and putting their beliefs on you because it's usually like christianity type stuff that they're trying to put on you which was why our page like you're not even allowed to say god bless you on our page the other moderators delete those comments so fast i didn't even realize that at the beginning i know you couldn't proselytize or preach a religion but like if you even say god on our page the other admins like will delete that (laughs) because that's used that's like the main one of the major weapons used in order to get people to have children that they don't want you know like you will go to hell for not carrying that pregnancy. Absolutely. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that That actually, it didn't bother me. I wanted to yell at them, but I was like, let me not even engage. I just tried to ignore the people who were protesting against us. I wouldn't even know how to react if that happened to me ever. I think I would, I would be very angry as well because that's just such an invasion of, invasion of privacy. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what you're doing there. You can go there to get an abortion, but you can also go there to test for STIs or you can go yep. there to, I don't know, get condoms or whatever. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, you have no idea, you know? Yeah. Just, um, it shouldn't be allowed, but I understand that there's the freedom of speech and whatnot. Um, but it also, I find also very interesting what you said about, you know, the abortion costing $500 or upwards mm-hmm. in Planned Parenthood, because somebody said to me in one of the posts that I did, I'm pro-choice hundred percent. I feel that I think that women should do with their bodies as they please or people in general. Um, but somebody I did a post about abortion and somebody said, oh, you, you know, we are taxpayers and we shouldn't be funding uh, Planned Parenthood for women to have abortions. So I thought like people were just, I mean, I thought that, that you didn't have to pay anything to Planned Parenthood. In America, you, you definitely have to pay. I don't know how their funding goes, but I know that it's always under attack. Um, so it's possible that they get donations and I almost would, I almost want to give them a donation because I feel like they're lifesavers. The first time I didn't have a good job, I didn't have a good income, and it was on a sliding scale, so I paid a very small amount of money. The second time, because of my income, I, I wouldn't qualify, but I was I was happy to be able to pay the full price um, and support the work that they do, because they also gave me like a, a an exam um, and like a, you know, like gynecological exam as part of it, and, you know, they prescribed like birth control for me I was using the rhythm method the doctor was like we don't even consider that birth control um she was like you need to really like do something else and I was like okay I'll do it I will I got on the pill after it the second time um and they they assisted me with that and she was very kind like you know very compassionate and I just appreciate those people for doing that work because to have people protesting outside your job you might you must feel like your your safety is a little bit um threatened and they had police posted up like two co- two police cars with officers in them mm-hmm. right in front it's almost like a war zone for you to 
provide health care for women. Absolutely you know, insane. that's mm-hmm. so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, oh my God, I'm. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that it's. I mean, it's so. It is brave, and it also. I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of women listening to this podcast. We're going to be like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. Because, because, you know, people not sharing their stories is what makes some people feel lonely in their experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm I'm sure that there are a lot of women, child-free women, who have gone through something similar, if not the same experience that you you just um, you just told us. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, Yes, definitely. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you if there's this. What is like the one story that has like stood out for you from the I Regret Having Kids page for whatever reason? Oh, you know what? They, a lot of them are close to my heart now, and they're even closer to my heart since um, I'm in the inbox and I see people's faces and I know who's sharing these stories. Um, I think it's easy for people to come and just put a flippant comment and be judgmental. But when I, when I see these beautiful women and I commented one time and somebody yelled at me for calling somebody beautiful and for being like a girl, like, you know, I feel like your boyfriend wanted to impregnate you and just, and just like capture you. Cause you're just this beautiful little gorgeous thing. And he just wanted to own you and have no one else have you. And that's why he impregnated you. And then didn't even care to support you afterward. But so many of these women are beautiful from all over the world. Beautiful Asian women, beautiful white women, beautiful black women, Hispanic. I just, I, I just, I love them so much. I wish I could help them more because I can see that they're in pain. And when I just hear their stories, like all of them, like, you know, these men just abusing them. And now they're, you know, stuck in the house with these children that they didn't even want I can't even pick one out I can't even pick one out because I'm looking at these women's faces and I just like all my comments now I just want to support them I just want to tell them thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for letting us see this for saying what what isn't allowed to be said you know for for you know like just thank you so much and 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 also I hope that your life gets better I hope you start to find joy in your day-to-day, even though you have this work that you have to do now, because, you know, raising this child is a lot of work, you know, but I hope that you do something for you too and enjoy yourself, you know, because other people now are enjoying you and draining you and using you as a resource, but, you know, the sun still shines every day and I hope that, you know, you let some of that light fall on you and you soak up some of the beauty that is also this world's. So I don't know. I love them all. I'm so grateful for these women and men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really commendable what you do with, you know, helping at least supporting these people and yes, helping of course, and putting their stories out there and sharing and moderating. And I I feel that more people should go to that page and, and not, not to be there to be like, Oh my God, you know, no, it's not about pointing fingers at anyone or saying, Oh, you know, what a horrible person you are for regretting it. I think that, you know, having more support from the community would actually um, serve them better. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything else you would like to add to our interview? Anything for my firecrackers listening to this? Um, I just want to say I'm proud of all of you people who, or you women and men that decided to be child-free. Um, you know, vanguard of a whole new paradigm of how it is to be human on earth. Um, 
and I, I'm 100% enjoying the lifestyle with you and you know don't feel ashamed when people you know say the weird all those like bingo things to you and just you know keep creating life how you want it and you know even if you want to just sleep all day you know do your art or whatever just live your life to the fullest and um yeah i'm, I'm proud of all of us for for being brave and for being unique and um just like marching to the beat of our own drum i love that That's all. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And thanks again for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.